Mike, turn your games down. I have another movie episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubberton, and who's ready to get blown up with me tonight? Forgot Peter Bingham Pangrats is here as well. The author <laughs> of The Fifth Civilization. I'm sorry, I stepped on your intro. I'm sorry. No, it's, not, it's, your, it's, not, it's my fault. I completely forgot to say who's going to go in what order, like I always do every episode I record. I just, we, none of us was polite enough. It was, you know, we're too polite. Yeah. We let the other person go. Yeah. And and who else is with me? It's a podcaster built on hope, Carrie Chandler Carusetta on Twitch and YouTube, K E R O S E T A. Here, by way of apology, I'll plug Peter's book, The Fifth Civilization, is awesome. Read it. Uh. Awesome. It is. I need to finish it. It's sitting in the back of my car because I can't read when I'm home for some weird reason. Great. I'll finish it this year, Peter. When I go to Boston, it will be read. Awesome. I only have about 100 pages left, so it won't be that, not that much. <laughs> All right. And we're here to talk about a movie that I've had, I bitched about, I'm pretty sure, on this podcast. And we're continuing our Star Wars. We are here to cover Star Wars Rogue One or Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Directed by Gareth Edwards. And this came out in 2016. 2016 mm-hmm. December like they so should we have needed kept... some hope yeah we needed some hope in December 2016 <laughs> exactly. uh, that is 100% true <laughs> uh, my little off topic thing just just uh I, I'll I'll never forget the way I knew my boss was an asshole that day in November he's like oh hey uh, somebody's winning yeah and I'm like what I'm like oh okay and then it, yeah, he was already an asshole I'm like oh okay makes more sense <laughs> so, yeah right that's the truth yeah well yeah the guy was a, he's a terrible boss too if you're listening, no, you know. You know you're a bad boss when you're bitching to your employees. I have to work overtime and I don't get paid for it. Well, yeah, but you are a manager of the store. It was your choice. You weren't forced in that position. <laughs> I'll never forget if that. The workers on the Death Star get overtime. Come on. Yeah, you think you know, so? Hazard think pay. So. Hazard pay. <laughs> hazard pay. What's that? I worked there in Alcove and I didn't see no hazard pay. But So I haven't seen Rogue One since 2019, I think it was, or whenever, right before. Rise of Skywalker came out. I went and rewatched all these movies. That was the last time I saw this one. Right. And I didn't have the highest opinion of it when I saw it in 2019. I liked it in theaters. My opinion got less. My opinion did change after this viewing. Oh, what about you, Peter? What's your history with this? I saw it in the theaters and I was mixed about it. I didn't know quite what to think when I first saw it. When I saw it the second time, maybe a year later, I really loved it. And it's probably been since I think it must have been 2017 that I that I watched it. So I watched it again and it just this is my third time seeing it. I'm really convinced it's a stupendous movie. And what about Jeez. you, Pierre? Yeah, so I saw it opening weekend, and I walked out of the theater saying, is that the second best Star Wars movie? And I bought it on Blu-ray when it came out and have watched it multiple times. And over the years, I've decided that I think it's probably the third best Star Wars movie. It's my fourth favorite after the original trilogy. I'd say it's... I say in terms of like movie making quality and writing, it's a step below A New Hope, which is a step below um, Empire Strikes Back. But for me, I still have the nostalgia. I can't put it above the original trilogy, but it's right below it for me. This is I love this movie in spite of the fact that I definitely it, it has problems that are I, I want to say not the movie's fault. They're the studio meddling's fault. But when you kind of get around those, I think it's an excellent movie. What do you so, consider yeah, faults in this it. movie? Well, it was severely, you know, it was taken and chopped up oh, uh, yeah. from the original, just like Solo, but worse than Solo, right? Because with Solo, they fired Lord and Miller and brought in Ron Howard and made the movie, right? With this, 
they had clearly shot a lot of the movie before they came in and and chopped it up. Did they did they fire the director on this one also? Is that uh, correct? No, I think Gareth Edwards was appointed from the beginning. Oh, okay, yeah. but it was they they but the studio came in and completely rejiggered this movie, right? They yeah, they had writers Tony Gilroy who was you know who created Andor among other things. Tony Gilroy was brought in to rewrite it. To, yeah, to fix so it because it was. Yeah, it had at least four or five writers, and that's usually a sign something is something the studio wants is going wrong or something's going wrong. Yeah, and based on how good Andor is, I assume Tony Gilroy saved the movie and that it would have been way worse without him. But you yeah. can tell there's like some major issue. My biggest issue with it is is that it it feels like everything around Saw Guerrero was just completely chopped up and rearranged oh, and yeah. subtracted. And so that's where it suffers. Otherwise, that's really it. There's a couple of like little things where I feel like that feels like an executive decision, like putting in the, uh, you know, well, we'll talk to about when we get there. There's a couple yeah. of cameos that feel unnecessary. But other than that, I, yeah, I don't have any problems with it, actually. It's, okay. The interesting thing about this film is that it's so it was done so late that the first teaser trailer is mostly footage that's not in the movie. That was mostly reshot oh, wow. footage. Well, one of the main changes is that they had Forrest Whitaker be bald the whole movie. And they, he's in, that's in the original trailer. He's a bald parts of the group. But only in the later reshoots, they say, hey, we need to give you some bunch of gray hair. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just a weird thing that's obviously noticeable. If you, so we'll go back and watch the teaser and you'll say, like, none of that was in the movie. And it's like, so, why? Yeah. I why, think I why? vaguely remember this, that pe- that there were, you know, complaints about it. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's does. basically there. There's. Yeah. That That's that's what it is to me, is that there's you can watch it and you can tell. You'd be like that right there. This scene was not in the original. You can see this scene wasn't here. This scene wasn't here. This scene was longer. It had to be like there's a a bunch of little there's a bunch of balls that they drop, but it's all early in the movie. It's all in. It's all on Jeddah, basically. And then otherwise, I don't really see anything missing. I also didn't know this, but Saw Gerrera was in Clone Wars before Mm -hmm. this movie. Yes. I did not know that because I watched Clone Wars later, so I didn't. I thought he was a brand new character made here to then put in other things. But he's originally in a Clone Wars episode, and they decided to bring him into the Rebel area, Rebel era. Yeah, my my summer TV project is I was gonna I want to watch um, Rebels before Ahsoka, but I've never finished Clone. I never really watched. I watched Clone Wars with my son, but like when he was little, and then just kind of watching it while doing other things and so and often he would watch it while i was not there so i've like there's you know i've only seen like 40 percent of clone wars so i'm gonna watch that too and so i was looking up a uh a speed viewing guide that cuts out the the chaff and just has like <laughs> what you need and they have the saw guerrera arc and it's like 2015 so that's cool I gotta take 2015 it. or 2016 but the point is it's before this movie yeah so. Oh, I just watched the trailer. You are right. There are a bunch of scenes that are in that teaser trailer didn't that are not in the film. Yeah, it's a very weird thing that the first marketing thing we glimpse of it is not anything you'll actually see in the movie. No, like there's one of them rushing on an ATAT or ATST. No, ATAT. That's not in the movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're they running away from, from the ATAT. Yeah, they don't rush them. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you can unless you have a lightsaber. I really don't think you can rush one in, in on foot anyway. Yeah. Well, and it, that, that's also crazy because that means like that's an effects shot. So they had the effects done and everything and they cut. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't think the full story. I think it's too recent to know the full story. Like everything is very opaque and probably hidden under lawyers. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, part. it's going to take like 20 years. 
when there's yeah. some reckoning that we'll finally learn. Because this whole Disney trilogy, every movie has been troubled in some way. Mm-hmm. Except for maybe The Force Awakens. Every subsequent movie has had some issue that we don't quite know the full details of. And mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to one day hear about it. Force if, Awakens is trouble. If Disney will ever let it go. Yeah. You know? If it's not in the vault forever, with Song of the yeah. South and, you know, Holiday Special. <laughs> yeah, Holiday Special. Yeah. <laughs> But like even Force Awakens, I mean, I have an issue with that movie where like they made a great, in my opinion, a great movie, but they had no idea where they were going. They're like, "Yep, here, look at this great movie got planned. All right, what's well, going on? What's that yeah, one? Troubled in terms of like a production trouble, you know, yeah, not yeah. the plot trouble is what I'm talking about. But yeah, it's the Disney trilogy itself has. When we finally watch the movies, we can talk about Dude, that. But we're we're close. At least we're you know we might we're starting off so strong with Rogue One, which I am second Karen's Carrie's view that. After the original trilogy, this might be my favorite. I, it's been a long time since I've done a ranking, but this is a very solid Star Wars movie. This is a very good movie. I yeah. mean, as I rewatched it for this for the show, and I, I mean, since I've been doing this podcast, I've watched tons of movies. I become more more of a movie connoisseur, or like I, I have like I under, I respect films more than I did before because of yeah. this podcast and talking with people. And like when I was watching this movie, like some of the shots in this film are just incredible. Oh, yeah. Like. They oh, do yeah. such a good job with what they have. And I was like, just some, I was blown away how much I enjoyed the cinematography of this movie. Yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. Cinematog- yeah, cinematography can make or break a movie sometimes. And I'm glad I'm glad you recognize it, you know, you're, because like it's such a thrill when you finally learn like, oh, you can learn about different techniques and stuff and see it in a movie. And it's like, that's why that works, because X, Y, Z. And yeah. this one is so great. This one is some of the best cinematography I've seen in a Star Wars movie, for sure. And I gotta say how much it makes me sad that the Star Wars story stuff is just over with. Because I would have loved to see more random movies yeah. in this era. Because I, I I like this movie, I like yeah. Solo, I wish we had more. And it bums me out. Yeah, well, thankfully we're, we're getting series, and, you yeah. know, and some of the series, I mean, Andor is very good. And it's, Andor yeah. made me appreciate this movie more because now mm-hmm. that we've had other stuff, I was able to, even though, yes, I know all that stuff happened, you know, came out, you know, years later and built off this, it helped me enjoy this movie more. Yeah. yeah it, it helps you appreciate Andor's characters yeah. for sure. Cause I yeah. couldn't give a shit about him when I saw this movie in 2016. Cause like new character. I don't care about this guy. He just, well, see, I, I, found guy very, I found him very compelling though, all the time. Like I like the idea of this, like this, you know, spy, who's had to do, you know, he's fighting for the right thing. He's on the right side of everything, but he's having to do some dark stuff. And it's kind of like, it's shaking his faith and, and all that. Like, I like that a lot. I just didn't appreciate it in 2016. I didn't appreciate it in 2019, but I appreciate it in 2023 right. now. Like, I I appreciate, like, your first introduction to Andor, where he's meeting this guy, this random, you know, Imperial that's on their side, that's a rebel. And he just shoots him in cold blood because the guy, you know, he's going to get captured. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. Like, he's going to talk. You're you're better off. And it ain't going to be a pleasant what's going to happen to him. You might as well just put him out of misery quickly. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, you know? This is so, war. I mean, this kind of shows the horrors of the Star Wars, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not easy and clean, just like a real war, you know? Sometimes you have to, you know, do a mercy kill, which is basically what Cassian was doing there. So that's horrifying. But this shows that the war is hell. And also, I appreciate more of the stuff with Saw Gerrera now, because mm-hmm. now that I've watched more Star Wars, I understand a lot more of how Saw Gerrera's rebels are, you know, much in a much different class than the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. 
They're much more Especially scary. at this point. At this point, the Rebel Alliance is still very timid and disjointed and not, you know, not willing to commit to anything big. And so you can see why Saw Gerrera is like frustrated with them and has, you know, gone his own way. Yeah. Which I think Andor does a good job of showing that the series, I think, helps with that a lot, too. It does. It made me appreciate more of what they go through, what what they went through leading up to that. And it's 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 uh like I, I kind of liken it to like I can see you can see both sides of it. Like you can kind of see, well, you know, just like with, you know, leftist versus progressives, you know, and feeling like, you know, voting isn't enough. We got to do more. We got to, you know, that kind of thing. And it's the same yeah. thing. It's like sitting around, a, you know, conference room and talking about plans and stuff. No, we need to be killing Imperials, yeah. <laughs> disrupting their supply chain. You know, like you got to you got to commit fully. Yeah. And I just really appreciated all that. And I also forgot this movie opens up with with not, you know, with Mad Mick- Mad Mickelson and that whole mm-hmm. scene of the past, which they never say what year it is or anything. You can kind of like put pieces together where he yeah. was working on the Death Star and then he ran away and fled to a farm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Which, it's um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a very human opening. Like it's for Star Wars movie. Well, I guess with solo Star Wars story did it, but. Nothing really happens other than two characters. I mean, it starts off with two characters talking, and it's not a huge action scene. So it's definitely a departure from a lot of the other Star Wars movies. And the first yeah. shot is really beautiful, I just wanted to say, where the shuttle's going through the rings. Yes. Yeah, that's, it starts off with a great image. It's very unique. Yeah. And just, it had me hooked at that first shot. So Yeah. I really appreciated the way that looked, too. Like, yeah. Just, it was just such a great shot. And, like, just everything with that, like... It, this this apparently I didn't catch. I don't think this is in the movie. I think it's in the in the book version of this movie. But when I was looking online, watching a YouTube video, they mentioned that apparently Glenn Urso or whatever is Glenn Urso. I don't butcher his name. Galen. Galen Urso. He was he was he thought he was working on an, like an like a reactor for energy. For he didn't realize he was making a weapon. And that's why oh, he when originally okay yeah. yeah. So I thought that was cool because that was like the one piece that was missing for me. Where it's like, okay, he's working on this, and he decided, okay, I'm done. Yeah. But that one piece, like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. He's 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 supposed to be based on J. Robert Oppenheimer, soon to be a major yeah. motion picture. Oh yeah. That's what I was gonna say. But I, I the man he's based off of Oppenheimer. Yeah. You know, Oppenheimer knew. I mean, he knew he was building a weapon. However, he thought also it could be a great tool for you know peaceful tool for energy, which it is. But he was yeah. more hoping that it become nuclear energy would be a thing as opposed to nuclear weapons. Yeah. And I assume he assumed that we were going to use it as a deterrent and not just, you know, nuke two cities with it. But, I, yeah, it's I think, uh, you know, I have to read more about him specifically to see what yeah. his moral qualms were. I mean, certainly if you're building a weapon of war, you know, you that know, it has the potential to be used. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, I, you know, probably more culpable than Galen or so is theoretically. Yes. I've never bought Oppenheimer's like whole like regret thing very much because he you know prepared like a he's like why well, I, I am very regretful but i've also got to prepare like a really badass quote you know it's like <laughs> i am become i am become death destroyer of world you know right he, which is like yeah yeah that that's that's so freaking rehearsed you know, it's always <laughs> like, okay yeah well you're you're, you're enjoying this though the world of star wars world, is, that's for sure yeah the world of oh. star wars is less you know kind of more easily discern who's good and evil. However, there has a yeah. lot of shades of gray in this movie. It, it's oh, definitely yeah. setting up Gail Nurso as guiltful, but not not an evil person, but still he feels a lot of guilt, and guilt is an important part of this movie. So Yeah, there's more shades of gray in this movie than in the entire Star Wars movie 
canon combined. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> like yeah. every single Star Wars movie there's been had less shades of gray than this movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah, this movie they really want you to like I mean the the rebels at this point are not great guys. Like they're doing what they have to do. Well, not all of them, that's the thing. So many of them aren't doing what they have to do. Oh, it's like, it. you know, it's it's Cassian and General Draven are the realists who are kind of doing what needs to be done even when it's dark and dirty, you know. Yeah, General, it's, Dra- it's also General, really General Draven is uh, the guy that gives them the order to kill. General. Right. The very yeah. British generals. Yeah. I was playing Modern Warfare 3 recently, and there's a mission you have to go save the, uh, the Russian president's daughter, and they she gets captured, you just let her go, and I was saying in the recording, like, just shoot. I mean, like, you should just blow up the helicopter so they don't get a hold of her. And the same idea with this, where it's like, yeah, they can't rescue him. They're like, no, we're here to kill him, stop him from working for the enemy. Yeah. Same idea. Like, I don't yep. know. But this movie, like, it, it also just brought a lot of interesting things to it. Like, you know, when, when you're introduced to casting, like, I didn't care. Your first introduction to Jin Erso is her in a prison cell, and I think you see her. I love that. I do too. And then you see her on the on the on the on the cargo or the you know the the prison transport. transport. Yeah, being taken out to do whatever labor she's doing as part of her prison sentence. Mm-hmm. Which, as we saw, and or they they like that in Imperials. That's what you're there for. <laughs> yeah, free labor. Yep. Yeah, but it, it works really well, and that's your first introduction to K. Is it yeah K two O two K two S O. K2SO, yeah. Oh, man. My son loves K2SO. I mean, I do, too. Yeah. My whole family, I actually watched this, this time I watched it with my my wife and son. I don't think my wife had ever seen it. My son's seen it with me before, but yeah, so we watched it uh, as a family, and we all, my wife isn't like a big sci-fi person. She, you know, enjoys stuff through me, but she loved it, I I think. Yeah, (laughs) we both really, which, uh, you know, she and I watched Firefly together when we first dated like 16 years ago mm-hmm. and she, you know, Alan Tudyk, right. We both love Alan Tudyk. He does such a great job. He's this. so good. And I love like, if you see the behind the scenes, like he's, oh, yes. he's wearing stilts walking around through all this. You know, yeah. I was going to say he, the same. Yeah. So it's like, they're responding to Alan Tudyk on screen, on camera with them, looking him in his eyeline because he's on stilts. It's, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a level of detail that I appreciate. Yeah, they made a, you know, it's better than being like a CGI, you know, fully CGI thing. At least you have the actor there performing and then you can capture his performance in whatever digital thing you create. Though, to be fair, they did that with Jar Jar also. So I guess it doesn't always work out. Yeah, well, I was going to talk about comic relief and that K2SO is the perfect amount of comic relief. And this is a very serious movie and there's not a lot of comedy. However, the majority of it comes from K2SO. I think it's, it's the right balance. It is yeah. great. He every line with him is just wonderful. Right. Every line, every little action, like when Jen, when they're leaving him behind and Jen gives him her bag and he stands there and just like he says something and then he just like casually drops her bag on the ground. And you hear it like <laughs> sounds like something breaks. I think he's like, that'd be a pity or something like yeah. that if she died. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, and then he drops and then he just he just like he finishes and he kind of looks out of the bag and just like throws it <laughs> or drops it on the ground. <laughs> Or when he like casually shoots a stormtrooper without looking at him. Just so many little things. Like it's it's the yeah it's, yeah. K2SO is an, is great. I when like you first meet him and he yeah. grabs her by the neck when she's trying to escape, and he's like, "Congratulations, you're being rescued." He throws her to the ground. Do not resist. Yeah. Do not resist. Yeah. Yeah, I oh. love the odds thing where he kept saying he kept calculating the odds, and they told him to shut up. But he's at one point, you know, he says, "Oh, it's a twenty nine percent chance we'll die," and then it. So they tell him something that says, oh, no, there's a 33% chance we'll die now. 
Yeah. It works. Yeah. And like how they even have a reason to justify why he says all this dumb shit. They're like, yeah, we reprogrammed him. So he just says whatever comes to his circuits <laughs> on the side effect. I mean, and it works. It gives you an explanation. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yep. It's not too cutesy and it's not too, it's not too jokey or meta. It's just the right amount. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really what it is, is most Star Wars, well, especially the original trilogy and well, most especially the prequels were made for children. Right. This was yeah. this is the one Star Wars movie where you can say, no, this is for sure not for children. Right. Like you can you can watch it with your kids, but this is not for children. Exactly. Solo no. Solo is kind of in between, but this yeah. one is like just legit the only I think the only Star Wars movie we say this is definitely not for children. I'd agree. Yeah, no, this is definitely more of an adult film. Yeah. Because it, it also touches on such like, you know, more stuff of the war and like how like they are not doing well in this movie. Oh yeah. I mean and like everybody dies. Well, yeah, yeah. That's, the the rebellion was, you know, a very small faction, and they had what what they had, what they sent to scare off at the end was like all they had, basically. You know, yeah, all their capital ships, at least. Yeah, and they lose their capital ship, don't they? Too. They lose most of it. A, a number of them manage to escape, but they lose what they lose their flagship. Yeah, yeah. also I I was surprised. I was like, I was like, okay, that is because I was watching. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, they they you know, I didn't it didn't compute the last couple times I watched the movie that they lose. That yeah. giant ship in the in that battle. Yeah. I mean, it's captured. It was like a last. It was like a last ditch effort to do this. Yeah. And you know, everyone that captured was killed. So, <laughs> oh no, they made slave labor. Yeah, that too. That would make sense. But like, yeah, it wasn't like. I mean, I guess this movie really kind of also it makes me appreciate New Hope more too, because then you also realize like how bad condition they're in and New Hope. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, uh, what they have in Yavin Four is all that all that's left basically. And it's not much. No. And, and there's one funny thing in here. There's a, there's a red five in here who dies. Yeah, I noticed comes red five. I did Ooh, notice that. Yeah, that's a nice, that's a nice little touch. I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. I just appreciate this movie a lot more. Like I was surprised how much I liked Jin Urso as a character. And that mm-hmm. I really like that actress a lot too. Yeah. Felicity Jones. Jones. Yeah. yeah. Felicity Jones. She, she does, was, a, you know, does a good job in this. She does a good job, and she's in she's in so many British things. I, I not very many American things. So I looked her up and was like, I haven't seen her in years, and I don't think I've seen any movie that she's been in since then. But she's a really good actor. She has a lot oh, I think of she movies was nominated. She might have been nominated for an Academy Award for something. But there were a bunch of awards awards that popped up on here when I was clicking through here, but nothing that I've se- I know nothing that I've seen. Right. So good for her for getting this role. I would say. Yeah, she's uh, nominated for an Oscar. Or something. Or, uh, best, oh, and she was supposed to be in Amazing Spider-Man too. Supposed to be. She's supposed to be in, in Amazing Spider-Man too. Yeah, she's supposed to be Black Cat, Felicia Hardy, oh. but that never. If I remember, she. I know she's not in that movie, or maybe it's a very small part. But they never actually went the full way with that they were supposed to. Yeah, she was in. She she was the the lead, like the romantic lead, female uh, romantic lead in the Theory of Everything. That um. Okay. Stephen Hawking. Uh, uh, Stephen Hawking movie. Yeah, she played Jane Hawking. All right, I did not see that movie, so I did not see it either. I'm not. I don't like biopics typically. I think because I'm a history teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, t- I typically don't watch biopics, but but yeah, she was uh, nominated for best actress. So that's a that's a huge nomination. That is that is yeah. yeah. And she was in Inferno, which I guess was a movie with Tom Hanks from that. Oh, okay. Thing. I did see Inferno, but I don't remember 
and never just computed that was her, I guess. But yeah, no, she was really cool in this. Like, I was surprised yeah. how much I enjoyed her character's growth in this movie, too. Like, yeah. from the beginning where she wanted nothing to do with them, and then she's the one rallying them to the cause. Like, yeah. it works. Yeah. Believable. She, she looks really young in this. Uh, the actress is um, my age. She's uh, almost my age. She's 39. Yeah. So, which this was seven years ago. So she was in her 30s. I mean, I would have guessed early 20s. So that's well, hey, interesting. To be fair, Grandma Tarkin looks great in this movie, too, for being dead. So, hey. I, I think he looks. Pretty, we'll get there. We'll get there. I think he looks pretty good, actually. It's not bad. If you didn't know Peter Cushing is long gone, you might not catch it. I don't think any. I don't. I, I definitely would not have caught it if I didn't know. Same thing with the other big one. I know honestly. that was a. That was a common phrase I heard. I think my mom was one person who said to me, isn't he dead or something? Or like, is he still alive or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> I it's feel like if you, yeah. I think it's the biggest complaint that Star Wars nerds have about this movie is those two specific cameos. And I don't right. think either of them actually look bad. I yeah. discussed it with my, my wife and son and they both like kind of agreed. They both agreed with me that they didn't look bad. So. No, I, and they also make sense. They're not like unnecessary. Like they shouldn't be here. Yeah, both, those, those two, especially Peter to. Cushing's, is not unnecessary. Right. Having this movie without Grand Moff Tarkin, it would be it would be kind of odd for him to not be around. Yeah. Because this is so he's close. In, he's in command of the Death Star at the beginning yeah. of A New Hope. So I remember like, yeah. I remember seeing it and thinking that it was a ballsy move, and I appreciated it because I had heard. I don't think it was like confirmed that they were going to recreate him, unless it was like a you know, confirming something I didn't read. But I feel like it was still, they were still keeping it a secret. And when yeah. I saw it in the film, I was like, okay, props to them for doing that. Because yeah. it doesn't look bad. And I know it's a revolutionary technology and Star Wars is usually about, re, you know, introducing revolutionary stuff. I think it was used appropriately here and it wasn't gratuitous. So exactly. Exactly. And I guess and they I, also I, had the okay of his estate too to do right. it. Right. Oh, they exactly. did. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, watch, yeah. It did have his okay. If you watch the behind the scenes, it was there was an actor there. He just had a you know, big computer in front of his face or a camera, and they just scratched <laughs> his face on there. But he was doing the voice and yeah. the movements of the body. So yeah, to specify, it's not a deep fake. They right. they have not used deep fakes in Star Wars until the second season of Mandalorian. Right, it's the first time. Oh, okay. It's 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 different. And what they did was they actually 3D modeled hit Peter Cushing's face. Like they made a fully CGI face and then they have it, the individual muscles, like it's that detailed. The individual muscles and everything are then attached to dots on the actor's face. Yeah, damn. That's, that's, that's also how they, that's how they did Luke at the end of season one of the Mandalorian. And then season two, they went with the deep fake because it looked better. I mean, I would have rather like in this case, I'm okay with it just be, you know, where you reuse it. But mm -hmm. I'm I'm more of the mind just recast the actor at a point, especially if you're going to be using the character yeah, more. I am, too. And they did recast with other actors like General John Donna yeah. is in this and he's played by um, the dude that was the head of the Kingsguard in Game of Thrones. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Barristan, or whatever. Well, I like to like trying to imitate how the people looked from A New Hope for the yeah. yeah. Like they do a good job of imitating people they better. Do. Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma looks like Mon Mothma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the same actress from Andor? Yes. Yeah. yeah, they did a good job with her. And Jimmy Smith looks just like Baylor. <laughs> so yeah, I was. He looks, yeah. he looks like an older Jimmy Smith, which is how he should. He, when I saw yeah. this movie, and I, I and I and I saw Jimmy Smith, I'm like. I'm like, what happens to him? I'm like, oh, he's still alive. Then he's like, oh, I'm going to Alderaan. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I was going to go to Alderaan. 
I'm like, he can't be, you know, he's not in the movies. I'm like, they got to do something with him. And then as soon as he said, yep, I'm going all around the war. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're dead. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Jimmy Smits. I have, you know, he, he, he says, well, we'll get to it there at the end. He, yeah. I'll talk about it later. But yeah. yeah. Okay. With other Jimmy things, kind of, I know we're jumping around a lot, but another thing I want to talk about, like Admiral Krennic. This, this, so is he great. an admiral? Director uh, he's director. Oh, director. 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 He's okay. not an admiral. He's a director. He's yeah. cool. Like I like how they have Tim him. Wilson but, is so good. Yeah, you know, the actor does a great job, but also how they put away his character in the end of this. Either way, like they throughout the movie, you have Grand Moff Tarkin using his his flaw. I mean, the guy's mistakes to completely take control because he has to because right. you know he's <laughs> in the next movie. He's in control. Yes. So I like that. I like how they they work that in in the way that the guy acts. Like that actor does a great job in this movie. Whenever there's yeah, Ben Mendelsohn's great. He's Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, I mean, he's he's in so much stuff. I mean, he's in the he's in more Disney stuff. He's the scroll guy in uh, yeah. Captain Marvel and I, I assume Secret Invasion series. I haven't watched that yet. But. I haven't watched it yet either. Yeah, if you the first movie I remember seeing him in was I think he was in The Dark Knight Rises. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's most uh, people. Daggett. Yeah, he's gone a long way. I think this movie. I think this movie kind of typecast him in a way because he's been, he plays he's played a lot of the same kind of villains. Mm-hmm. I think in Ready Player One he played a similar villain, and some other movie he was playing a similar villain. But I guess that's how, that kind of happens to you if you're in a very popular movie. Yeah. But I guess in the Mar- in the Marvel show he's kind of a more is he more a nuanced character? He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Okay. There in the we Marvel go. universe. I mean, oh, I haven't seen this series. He wasn't Captain Marvel. But in Captain Marvel, he's, I mean, that's a spoiler for Captain Marvel. He's yeah. turns out to be a good guy. You think he's a bad guy. Okay. He's actually, he's, he's one of the heroes of it. He's in um, one of the Spider-Mans too, in the post credits. Oh, I think okay. um, no way. No, not no way home. Uh, far from home. I think far from home. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, he's, he's uh, pretending to be Nick Fury. Well, Nick Fury's off planet. Yeah. I, I really like how when these films show the infighting among the Imperials, I think A New Hope did that. And this movie does that, too, because like whenever you have any sort of like military empirical organization, there's always like fighting in the bureaucracy. But these very powerful people, you know, have yeah. access to grind. And it kind of shows with the Tarkin Krennic stuff. And that's really fun for me. And I'm sure that's also what Sidious would want, too, as a character. Like it fits the character, too. Like he'd want them to fight for his attention and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's also much more exercised in the in the other canon, like comics and stuff like that, where it really shows what Vader has to go through after he take becomes Vader, prove that he's still worthy and stuff like that. Yeah, I vaguely remember reading those. Yeah, they're good from what I remember. <laughs> just there was just like, I mean, because the movie goes pretty quick, and then I, you know, after you get after you meet with Amy, you, you know, yeah, they get, they get her and they go to God, Jeddah. I think it's the main planet, the desert planet in this one. Cause Jeddah, have desert yeah. yeah, they because that's where Saw Gerrera is. Yeah, so they go to yeah. Jeddah. And I do like that. I like how he doesn't want to give Jin a gun at first, and then how she gets tattled on by K two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why does she have a gun? I don't. <laughs> and it yeah. all comes back later when they. Oh yeah. When he gives, she gives her, a, she gives K two a gun at the end. Yeah, he's touched by her, touched by it, yeah. I also like the whole thing where he's like, you know, you, you know, there's a probability she's going to shoot you. It's a high probability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. I really like the whole, um, I really like the whole setup for Jedi too. The idea that this is a planet that, you know, where the Jedi got kyber crystals. So they've got a lot of kyber crystals. And it's also like there was a religion around the Force. The Jedi were kind of like the, like, the top of it, but it's not the Jedi order. It's like a religion around the force that revere the Jedi. And 
you know, we see like the when they're flying in, we see the toppled statue of a Jedi Knight that looks like it's got to be at least like ten thousand years old. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's not it, it it's not like in your face. It's just they fly over and it wait it hesitates on it for a second so you can make out what it is. But uh, I, I love that whole idea and the the idea of there being this like religious order that worships the Force and reveres the Jedi, but doesn't you know they don't you know they're not Jedi. And then now the Jedi are gone, and what happens to them? You know, what are, what happens to those people? Yeah, it's really cool to have like what's you know these guardians of, pe- of people who are protecting the kyber crystals, but there's nothing left really. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, exactly. And it's cool how they're stealing kyber crystals to power the Death Star, which I never knew what powered the Death Star before. So that's cool to have. Well, that I think there. this movie established that, right? Okay, I'm pretty sure this movie made up. I mean, yeah. it may have been in some EU thing, but I think this is the the first like canon explanation that kyber crystals power the death star and the the people who they're worshiping i think they're the wills is that correct yeah that is which was, that was yeah that was the from the that was the very first like introduction to star wars where we talked about how the journal of the wills told the story of the star wars from like 1976 that was the yeah the first treatment so i when i heard that i was like i don't think it, you know if you're not a star wars fan you wouldn't catch it but i was like oh yeah that was a good a good reference yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually catch it. So I didn't awesome. until the YouTube video told me. <laughs> That's why. I, I mean, with the fact that it's there, it's just really cool, and it and it worked. I mean, and then you know, yeah. how you're introduced to uh, Donnie Yen as a as a blind martial artist in this. That yeah. it's just God that he's a, he's yeah. a good actor in this. And I want to talk about that a little bit because I have this is the thing I have beef not with the movie but with the surround some stuff surrounding the movie. Okay. So when the movie came out, it I for Christmas someone got me the like official guidebook to the movie. Which is just like, you know, it's like a not quite hardcover, it's like, but it's, you know, like a hard paperback cover with like real, like a ton of art. Like it's got behind the scenes footage and and concept art and all that kind of stuff. And it has character bios. And for Chirrut Imway's character bio, the official char- movie guide says he does not have any force ability at all. And I oh. say, that's fucking bullshit. That's bullshit. This right. is not yeah. Daredevil. He literally is dodging blaster bolts. He, yeah, it's no, it's re, he's shooting, you know, like people. And no, it, he has force awareness. It's just not enough to be a Jedi. He was like someone who was who had force awareness, but didn't get, you know, didn't get picked up by the Jedi because he wasn't strong enough to become a Jedi. So he's just one of those many. There's probably billions of people like him in the galaxy who have some force awareness but not enough that they got scooped up by either the Jedi or the Sith. Right. And instead he joined this order of monks and is one of the, the these guardians of the wills. I love that. That's perfect. Saying he has no ability is just that he's, his other senses have been amplified because of his blindness. That's, that's comic book shit. That's not, that's their doing. I know we're, I know we're in, we're in sci-fi fantasy show here, but we've never in all of Star Wars been given any reason to think someone could do something like that without the force. Right. It's just, there's no, yeah, so that annoys me when the, the guidebook says that. I don't trust it. I don't, I don't, I don't know I who would, wrote that guidebook, but they're incorrect. Right. I disagree yeah. too, because it, I mean, every, you know, everything he says, the force is with me, the force, you know, and he is dodging blasters. He's doing things, he's sensing things he shouldn't be able to sense, like, right. You he's know, talking about, like, he can sense, like, he says, is that man a killer? You know, yeah, and, and, and Boz is like, no, he's got the face of a friend. And he goes, and when they ask him about it, he's like, the force moves darkly around someone who's about to kill. You know, like, he can yeah. sense the force. It's clear he's saying he can sense the force. I, I don't know. 
that is just that's my little gripe about that official um yeah. movie guide i have to look up and see if that's still their stance but it's clear from the movie the average viewer would say oh he has the force and would not think anything of they wouldn't the average yeah. viewer would not say oh he can do that because he's blind yeah, and I, I think he has the force, hundred percent. Exactly. Right. I, I think anybody that's a Star Wars fan would see, yeah. yeah, he has the force, but he's not like Jedi level, right? Right. You know, exactly. Force pushing people and stuff like that. Yeah. Terry, maybe he that there's different levels. Like Han Solo, huh? he just lucky. Oh yeah, he might have the luck, <laughs> like Han Solo, right? Or the hell bullshit that was. I just want to say real fast, um, we I we were enjoying this so much that I just like moved on and we started watching um, A New Hope right up until five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> and oh, uh, nice. we we're watching on Disney Plus, and we got to the infamous McClunky scene. Oh! And I, I normally watch a version of that that isn't stupid, but I watched <laughs> this version for the first time in a long time, and they like made Han Solo literally dodge. <laughs> but the way they did it is they just like it looks like they just did a lasso tool around him in Photoshop and just <laughs> yep. and just slid it just to the side him. for a frame, and it looks so bad. And I'm like, oh, is that the luck? Is that the luck it lets in Matrix dodge? <laughs> it lets him phase through reality like <laughs> Oh man. Oh, it's so it's stupid. I mean it oh, should so just bad. be he shot first. I mean It is. It is. Like Lucas he's was wrong. not a good guy. He's a smuggler. He's a he's a cretin, like, you know. Especially Lucas, at that he's point. Not, he's not he's, such a bad guy. He's he's not bad. He I mean Greedo <laughs> was about to, you know Greedo, Greedo was, was a bad still. person. So. so no, I mean I think but it's fine. Any, but, but it, yeah, we had this conversation a few months or like yeah, a year ago, I think. But but anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Shirt and Way is awesome. Donnie Yen is awesome. Yeah. Lin Zhang is awesome. Baz, I love I love their like kind of relationship. I love the idea of Baz that he was the most faithful of all the monks of all the guardians. But when the Jedi when the Jedi were all killed, he lost his faith. But he stuck around because he cares about Shirt. Yeah, I love that. I like that, too. And I like how everything leads up with them walking in town and, you know, casting being like, you know, there's a war coming. Like, we got to get the, you know, this town's going to blow. And I guess that whole scene with the way the tank is driving through the city is supposed to be a reference to World War II stuff. I mean, yeah, like, it looked very World War II-ish. Yeah. And you after I saw the comparison, tanks. I was like, that's cool. Yeah. Or you yeah. could, you know, if you're being a little bit even more lefty, you could say it's comparable to like the American occupation of Iraq or something like that. Okay. Oh yeah. That's actually what I thought of is I thought of yeah. like, it's a desert. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a desert. It's, it's, and, and it actually is like, it, it is a thing that our troops, you know, do or did over there is you've got, you know, people in a, in some sort of vehicle and then you've got guys walking in front of and behind the vehicle Yeah, when they go through towns. Like that was something, uh, when my my best friend when he was in he talked about in Afghanistan that you know doing that like when they would go to a village they would have you know he he was they would be escorting uh, VIPs because that was his when he was in um Af- he, when he was in Afghanistan he was his job was his unit they were they escorted like State Department people right. to go talk to the Taliban mm-hmm. and and tribal leaders and stuff and they would go into a village and it would be they'd have the armored vehicle have the VIP inside and then like 40 soldiers walking around it, you know, are basically sitting ducks for ambushes and stuff. Right. Crazy. Yeah. Or getting rock. What happened more often was like people throwing like rocks at them and stuff. But, but yeah, yeah. You, you know, so I thought it was, yeah, I, I saw it and I immediately just thought of like, Oh yeah. Like Afghanistan or Iraq or something. Yeah. It's hard not to these days, especially yeah. because it's, it's also, it's like ambushes, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like you know, terrorist ambushes. I mean, and Saul Guerrero's rebels are pretty vicious too. Like, I like how you get you see them 
you know, getting ready for the attack. And even at one point, Cassian kills a whole bunch of them because he's trying to save Jin because they're about to blow up Jin. Yeah. He only yeah. kills one on purpose, but yes, yeah. he kills several because that guy drops. And they don't forget that because they bring it up. They're like, you killed our men, so fuck you. Yeah. But uh, in, in Sagarero's defense, you know, I mean, no quarter for fascists, man. Like, it's <laughs> space Nazis. Kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, the other thing with, with like, Sagarero, because you have the point, like, you know the big the big point of this movie is that you have this pilot that's defecting from the Imperials, yeah, who was sent by Urso. This is, this is the big hang up for uh, yeah, but this is where the movie is really chopped up badly. I think. Oh yeah, is the stuff with Bodhi because yeah, so Bodhi shows up. They they you know he wants to he wants to get this message to Saw Gerrera. Saw Gerrera doesn't trust him, and which I think is all great. But then Saw Gerrera's option is so what we're going to do is we're going to have this brain sucking alien thing latch onto your head and it's gonna it's gonna find out if you're telling the truth but you're also probably gonna go insane and then that they don't really do anything with that he just he does goes insane temporarily yeah it's so it's such a weird part yes because yeah, he felt, gets he, he has it together yeah later in the movie he's just confused yeah. when they're leaving but after they get off the planet yeah. and then go to the next together planet within like you know by the time they get to the next planet he yeah, helps he helps Cassian like navigate on the next planet and everything like he it's completely yeah it, it the purpose for the I mean here's the thing like why would you show that unless a you want to have a weird CGI creature to sell a toy or whatever or b you want or a puppet it's part of a CGI, CGI assisted yeah CGI yeah. assisted yeah but anyway yes like why have that scene in there unless you want you know the, unless the audience is like is he telling the truth well we know the pilot's telling the truth because he's telling about the Death Star and stuff. Yeah, I don't know what this scene adds to the movie in any no, it, fashion. All it adds is it makes Saw Gerrera look more dark. I guess. I guess. But they right. could have done it. Uh, they could have done something less silly. Like they could have had. He could have had um, that exact same uh, torture droid that Darth Vader uses on Princess Leia. Only yeah. Oh, yeah. His, ver- his version maybe is like busted and rusty, and yeah. looks like it's got parts added to it or taken off of it or whatever. Maybe yeah. it's got like, you know, uh, some panels missing. You see the internals and he's like, we're going to, you know, we're going to uh, find out if you're telling the truth. And then, you know, they torture him or something. They could have done that. The, the alien thing, it was really weird because it isn't clear what he means either. He's like, it will see the truth. Yeah. You know, like, is the alien talk? It didn't is sound it like it's a computer? Like, yeah, it, it right. is weird. So, yeah, I, exactly. It will see the truth and then you'll go insane, but only for like a couple hours. Yeah, so I wasn't. A, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, um, but I do like Bodhi, uh, Bodhi, the the uh, the Imperial pilot. Yeah, I like his character arc too throughout the movie. Uh, over the course of the movie, is really like because you can see he's someone who he was he was because you got to figure the average Imperial probably isn't like a bad person. They're just a soldier doing their job. Right. But you know, over time, hopefully, a lot of them, you know, they see, you know, he is someone who's like man, you know, I just want to be a pilot, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a, you know, a fascist, you know, and yeah. he wants to, he wants, but he probably, you know, feel like there's nothing he could do. And then, you know, Galen Erso gives him hope that, hey, there's something I could do and hope. That's the theme of this movie. Right. For the whole movie. That's, <laughs> that, that is like the recurring theme, right? Cassian, you know, doesn't really have, you know, he doesn't like who he's become, but he doesn't have any hope that he could be better, you know, and, but, but he teaches Jen, you know, that, you know, she, you know, that she's got to learn to hope and then he, te- she teaches him. So I really like that idea. And yeah, that's Bodhi's thing is he hopes that he can be better and then he gets a chance to, he gets a chance to be a hero. I also find like the Jetta stuff, some of the weakest stuff of this movie too. 
Some of it, I, yeah. I, I, I think the stuff it. with Saul Guerrero is some of the weakest. Yeah. It's too, like you're saying, it's too cut up and you can feel it, how cut up it is. Them in the city and Andor being like, we've got to get out of here. This place is ready to, this place is ready to blow. Like he can tell the people are like on the edge of, they're on the verge of like full on riots in, yeah. in, in Jenna city. You know, like I like that stuff. I like the ambush, the whole thing with the ambush. And of course, Chirrut Mway being just a funny badass is great. Yeah, that stuff was cool. It's more I guess when they get to Saul's hideout, just yeah, that part feels very unnecessary. Where they're just in, they're in a cell just so Jin can watch the video by herself, so no one else can see it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was wondering. It, that's exactly what it is. I was wondering why it, yeah. it is that way. And of course, because, as soon as the power goes out, then the doors unlock their power locks. I guess. Which well, is that it's good. all because the, it's all that trust thing. You know, that way, if only she sees it, and they have to trust her that she's telling the truth. Right. The whole point of the movie is that there's no trust between people. Right. Yeah. So it, it works like, but it's just, I don't know. I just saw necessary. But you're right. It's also like we were saying is this is the part that feels chopped up. Nothing yep. else in the movie feels chopped up. It really feels like this is where they did the, all the reshooting or a lot of the yeah. reshoots. I think that is true. I think it's just part of the, whatever reason they got Forrest Whitaker back and they got a bunch of people back and they reshot it. But the reasons, the reasons they did it are not, you know, fully disclosed these days. So. Yeah, I guess do, it got too dark in what they, they wanted. They do a good deal of exposition here also. And, yeah. and Donnie Yen is doing, like, maybe a little more than he should have, a little more exposition than he should have, because with his accent, he's, like, speaking really fast, and he's saying these, like, fantasy sci-fi names and stuff when he's saying it. And I, yeah. like, I had to, uh, I didn't catch it in the theater. I had to watch it on on Blu-ray and, like, rewind a couple of times to yeah, hear what he, he was saying about Boz. That's what you don't even know Boz's name yet at this point. And he's like, Boz Malbus was the most, you know, the most, you know, loyal or the most faithful of all of us. And then, you know, he gives like the whole back. He gives Boz's backstory, his backstory, like, but it's like real fast and and stuff like that. It's just like there's. Yeah, there's a technical problem with this movie, I think. I feel like it could have done one more sound pass just and I I don't think it was just what I was listening to. I think. A lot of the people are whispering. A lot of people have foreign accents and a lot of people yeah. talk really low yes. and fast. And I feel like that's an issue they should have worked out. You know, in the first few Star Wars, they did redubbing, which maybe they shouldn't have gone that far. But you can definitely, you know, do more takes of certain things or ADR or something. Yeah, I think they should have ADR some of the stuff. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's kind of hard to tell what they're saying a lot of the time. But if you if you have the benefit of being able to rewind and, and listen, right. again, then you can catch. And there's a lot of good information. But yeah, it does feel, and it's also like they're in the cell, but they're having like two different conversations at the same time. Yeah. Also, so they're kind of like back and forth with each other. And it's, yeah. It, it can be a little hard to follow, and it, I think it's just it's the direction, it's the the a little bit also. Yeah, I think it just goes to to show that there's something going on in these scenes that that didn't work. Yeah, and the editing. Yeah. yeah. But I like the interaction between Saul and Jin, where he's like, "Did you?" He's like, "Jin, did you come to kill me? Did you right. come to kill me?" Yeah. Like, because he's like her surrogate father. He's, you know, you think about it. She's probably, I mean, half of her life with her mother and father and half of her life with Saw Gerrera. I mean, not quite half. I don't know how old she's supposed to be in this. I'm just trying to think about it because she's, she says she's 16 when he abandoned her is what she says. I was 16 because he goes, he goes, when I left you, you were already one of my best soldiers. She goes, I was 16 and you left me to die. And he explains like that he left her because people knew who her dad were starting to learn who her dad was and was making right. her a target. And I think I, I, I think when I first saw it, I was like, he was trying to protect her from like, oh, the Empire is going to catch her. 
And then I was thinking, I was like, I think he's trying to protect her from other rebels. Yeah. Because people are going to see her as yeah. the daughter of a collaborate, a famous collaborator and want to kill her for revenge. Yeah. I think that's my interpretation too. Which I think is, is, is a, a more like kind of layered idea. Yeah. I thought they also, I think the thing with Saw Gerrera with the, um, his injuries and stuff, it's yeah. a little, it's a little too much without, any, well, it's because you, you know, you don't have to explain it, right? Because it explains itself, right? We, it's, it's kind of, it's telling us about his past, these injuries. Um, I think the, the, the air thing is maybe that one is like, it's distracting a little bit. It's, he's definitely hamming it up when he pulls yeah. it yes. out and then takes a big, long drag of it. You know, it's very, affect, it's a very big affectation. It's meant yeah, to be. It's a, it's a bit too big. It might be right. just a bit too big from Forrest Whitaker, really. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Which the part where I mean, he unplugs it in the end. Yeah, I like when I mean, that, he, he I like unplugs that. it and like throws it down. I like that. Yeah. Because that's him going, I'm ready to die. Though also I was watching this and I was like, why did he need to die here? <laughs> Other than the plot, everyone yeah. gets out except for him. Like, he's not injured or anything. Well, know? I don't no, think I, the unless, rebels unless he's I mean, slow. I was like, well, maybe his cybernetic legs are like really oh, slow. Yeah. Also, I don't think they got away. Like, you see them running out of the cave? I, I, oh, you mean like, his You only see one away. ship right. fly off, and they're all dead. Right, but I mean, he's the only one who just is like, he gives up. He's like, oh, no, I'm dead, I guess. He didn't even try here. Yeah. He didn't yeah. even try. That's the thing. He didn't try to escape. And it was so we could have this cool su- shot of him standing there and throwing down his air thing and accepting oblivion. And it is a cool shot. Yeah. It could have. It just. You can sell that by saying like, "Oh, the, my wounds are infected. I have a week to live, or something like that." Or I don't know, you know. Or they could have had him. They could have had him like in a in a chair instead yeah, of like, on the cybernetic legs. I guess that would make people go, "Why wouldn't he just?" It's Star Wars. Why wouldn't he just have robot legs? Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah you're I, right. There could have been something. I see. I see why it, they had to have him die. And it's a really cool, you know, the shot of Jedi getting destroyed is horrifying but beautiful at the same time. Like Krennic says, it is. Yeah. Masterful shot. Yeah, and seeing them yeah, test the weapon, like you see him test the weapon twice in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is also yeah. really cool. Yeah, my son said like exactly that, by the way. We're watching it. He goes, <laughs> he goes, it's beautiful, but it's terrible. Right. <laughs> they just yeah. they just killed, you know, thousands, millions, you know. Million, probably millions, yeah. I mean, well, I love it. And then they just say, like, oh, it was a mining disaster. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a mining disaster. The, like, unfortunately, it, a mining disaster. Yeah. The imperial propaganda. Is yeah, they don't um, even was, know what really happened. One more thing on Saw Gerrera. Um, so if you play Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order, right, you interact with Saw Gerrera and that, but it's you know it's before his injuries and stuff. Which I guess yeah, Clone Wars. He's in Clone Wars also. Mm-hmm. Like, he's also not, in Rebels too. Yeah, he doesn't have like the the breathing issue or the cybernetic stuff in in either of those, does he? No, I don't think he does. I don't think so. So it's so it's something that's happened between them in there. Yeah, but I think they do tell a story. I just think, yeah, I think it's it, you could even have all those injuries. He just needs to dial it. The, I think Forrest Whitaker specifically needs to dial it down a couple of notches. <laughs> and and I almost wonder if they were like they wanted. They're like, well, we want Forrest Whitaker, but we've got to explain Forrest Whitaker's accent in his voice. <laughs> Let's just have him because he does have that like kind of scratchy voice. Yeah, it could be. But it it, it worked for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that, oh, and then you see them fly away, but then the second planet they go to when they're trying to, they're not even trying to rescue, but when they're going after Galen Ursel, I think that's also. Yeah, Edo. Edo, I think. It, yeah, it's, he, you kind of get maybe. to see more of what the rebels are going for and like what they're going through because 
you know, he's sent there to assassinate, but Jin doesn't know that he's sent there to assassinate her father. Right. I like but he, that. And he tries to get out of it, too. Yeah. Because she tells him what, you know, what what's going on. And so he knows that Galen is actually on their side. Right. And so he radios and asks for, you know, what tells them and what do we do? And then, yeah, General um, General Draven's like, follow your, you know, continue as you were ordered. Right. Yeah. And you can see it on his face. He's like really upset. He's conflicted. He doesn't want to be the bad guy. He doesn't want to be a bad guy. He wants to be a good guy. No, it's, it's really good. And like, I, I like how, you know, he goes up in the mountain after you have the comment you talked about earlier where he, where the guy's like, I can sense death. And then K2 is like, he put that in a sniper configuration too. <laughs> like just... mm-hmm. yeah, his blaster is in the sniper configuration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like just starting shit. And, and we were, well, I, know, I, I didn't, I, I thought he was, I didn't, I didn't even think about it uh, as K2SO trying. I thought K2SO was just trying to be helpful, but he may have been just, yeah, trying to stir up shit. It's hard. Yeah. Get rid of her, Cause he even says, if Cassie come back, we're leaving without them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he was, I think he was just reporting as normal. I think yeah. he was just saying, because he didn't, he didn't know what was up too. He thought it was a scouting mission too. But he's like, "Oh, well, he did have a sniper one." Yeah, so I don't interpret it as anything ulterior in that. In that, I, I, same, same. Yeah, but, that's right. But yeah, I mean, it's it good is comic different. relief too. Well, yes, which is needed. But I do. I just I want to say I love it again. Where Chirrut says, "Is he? Is that man a killer? Does he look like a killer?" And Boz says, "No, he has the face of a friend." I love that. Right. That's so that's, cool. That's a good line. And I was thinking when I watched this movie, I watched this. I watched most of this movie twice because I got high during the during my first view in this movie. <laughs> it was incredible watching it while I was stoned. By the way, like it was the colors and everything, especially the whole battle of Scarif. We'll get to soon. Woo! That was cool Ooh. when you're intoxicated. So <laughs> I will say. That. But uh, leading like the stuff with when they're on the rain planet, like how when I how big of a ladder is she's climbing and how long they must be there. For her to climb up that ladder and for them to get to where they get to. Oh yeah, it's a big. It's got to. It must have been hours. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But I mean, it, it's it's good though. Like I mean, I also think that no matter what, the engineers are all going to be killed by the by the Imperials. No matter what, like they're cleaning up. Like they finished their job. Like we don't need you anymore. Yeah, pr- probably. I mean, who knows? They may have they may have kept them around and just kept them, you know, doing other stuff. You think you want sequestered? You think you want some in case you need to build another one? <laughs> but this weapon's okay. going to bring peace to the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it, you know, it's definitely Krennic trying to get uh, Galen to admit himself, though. So he's doing the most desperate thing. And maybe he figures, oh, you know, these engineers aren't so special. Now that we've built one, we can build another one easily. Yeah. We have all the plans, essentially, at that point. Yeah. I guess if you can, you know, you can basically 3D print a Death Star at this point. <laughs> So I feel like that played a part, but it is a cool scene to see where they do gun and where Admiral almost dies because of the bombing and how much the rebels are sacrificing because they lose multiple ships in this bombing run. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not a very safe, but, you know, again, they're putting the resources to stop. But at the same time, like, the the damn shit, like, you just, you already know the weapon shot, like, it's built. Like, you guys don't need to kill the designer anymore, guys. I don't, well, they don't, though. They don't know it, right? Well, he told them that it fired. Well, yeah, yeah, they, they have, like, Okay, well, yes, I guess, yeah, they do know that. Never mind. But, but still, I guess the way they look at it, it like, well, we're taking out these scientists before they can make more stuff, you know? Yeah. It doesn't, you know, it might have been better just to have, not have a lines of t- Like, I'm not, you know, I like the scene, too. I'm not a huge fan of it. I think it could have gone off a different way. I don't know. It just seems like it's another instance of them, you know, going somewhere and getting, you know, people getting saved the last minute by a third party coming in there and saving the day, which happens a lot in this movie. I think maybe yeah. it was one too many in this scene. Like, I would have cut this part. 
I do like that, you know, Galen and Jin had their final talk. Right. They the final moment before, before he yeah. dies. Yeah. I feel like there could have been another way to do that, but I like it, you know, in the movie as it is. Because he says, like, I think his last lines are, I have so much to tell you or something. And then he dies. Yeah. And Alter yeah. Stardust again and again. Yeah. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. It's a poignant, it's a poignant death. And it has a payoff. So it works. Yeah. Oh, and one last thing about Jetta that I forgot to mention that I want to bring up is on Jetta. We also see the uh, the I think the word I want Easter egg. We'll go with that of the two guys of uh, Panuba and the other guy from that New Hope. Baba, Dr. Evison. Yeah. I love yes. that, that they're there. Oh, I don't. That's like one of the that's one of the ones I was like complaining about. It doesn't bother me. I mean, hey, it's the right time frame. You know, they're they're getting on a ship. They're going it's like a somewhere. week before. What are they doing? Heading off to Tatooine right afterwards? No, they're heading to Tatooine to go get a drink. And was was uh, Doctor Epizon? Was he also in Solo? Uh, no, but he brought him up because his creations were okay. That, that's what I thought. Um, my son was like convinced. He's like, "No, he's in Solo." I'm like, "No, he's not. He's, yeah. he's really not. I promise." He's no, like, we oh, just talked was, about him. Really, okay, we talked about it during the Solo podcast. Yeah, so, yeah it's a little bit gratuitous for me. We will talk about it in the Solo podcast, right? Because that's in the future. No, oh. Solo already came out. This is my oh, it did. Okay, at the time that. This will be released, yes, because this actually won't be released till August. Oh, okay. But I know we're gonna <laughs> so, and Solo comes out in July of 2023 for us. So in the future of this recording, but in the past when you're hearing this. <laughs> so, yes. Okay. Then we go back to the, when you go back to the Yavin 4, when they're getting ready to do the final assault on Scarif, which, again, everything gets shot down. The Rebels won't go for it. The Council doesn't agree. They have that whole argument about, we're going to die. I love this part so much. This is so real. It so, feels so realistic to what it would be like. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have you'd have so many of these like milk toast rebels that are like, well, you know, it's one thing for us to have these meetings, and all that, but to like actually commit to like a battle, or I don't know about that. We need to scatter. We need to get out of here. They've, I mean, it was one thing before we knew they had this Death Star. Now we got this Death Star. We better just quit this whole rebellion thing. Yeah, I like the yeah. vo- <laughs> I like the voice of me like, oh no, the rebellion's doomed. I knew it was doomed. Somebody <laughs> says that. Yeah. Should always be that people who say that, or yeah, there is just like one really shitty guy who's just like <laughs> whining the whole time, and then the, the African American lady, um, too. But especially the it, she's like you know, worried and upset and saying yeah. we can't do this, blah blah. But the other guy's just like, just seems like he's terrified, like he's just like, ah. yeah, and, and you can see like Jan Dodonna. And, you know, is like kind of like the moderate trying to like kind of keep everybody together. And mm-hmm. Mon Mothma and um, Jimmy Smith keep looking across each, you know, at each other like, ah, <laughs> this is happening. This is exactly what we knew was going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. They're like the two who are like in it for real. But Mon Mothma is like, well, we can't do anything unless the whole council does it. So, right. sorry. This is where it's we get to... the, the great line, though, that, the, you know, the uh, rebellions are, are built on hope. Right. Yeah. And they have done. <laughs> Because they're like, you know, what, you want us to do this? Just what, based on hope? She goes, rebellions are built on hope. Mm-hmm. I love that. I do, Because we see her character, you know, like, early in the movie, she doesn't care about anything. And, and Andor tells her, you know, you got to have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Yeah, I love that. I love all the stuff on, on Yavin Ford. Also, Yavin Ford just looks really, really good. Yeah, they and, did a good job recreating it. I mean, they built, like, it's all practice. It's like, it's almost all practical like the yeah. X-Wings, it, like when they get in X, when they climb into the X-Wings, it, it looks so good because it's real. They're climbing right. into actual X-Wings. And that's, 
or fake X-Wings, but you know what I mean. There's such a difference <laughs> between a movie like this and the prequels where everything it's is fake. Night and day. Yeah. I was talking to my son about it because he kept talking about how good everything looked. I'm like, it's because it's real. Right. It's real. It's why it looks so good. And I know, I, w- I mean, I was defending the prequels a little bit watching them, but I'm watching a real movie with real things makes it puts them to shame. Because like George Lucas could have done this too. He had the money. It would have the prequels would have looked so much better if he had done them like right. the original trilogy and then just used all that technology toward you know remaster you know making it look crisp and pretty. But right. The all the CG just it it doesn't age well. But even if it aged well, even like watching now, like I would rather watch something like this than like a modern Marvel movie where everybody's like flying around in completely CG environments. Yeah. It just looks better even with modern CGI. Real looks better. Exactly. Yeah, I can't disagree. Yeah, so I, I love all this stuff on on this planet, and and yeah, they they you know, and and so she's like she's like the respondent, and then Andor shows up. He's like, I told you they wouldn't go for it. She's like, Well, you were a lot of help. And he's like, yeah. I want to. And so you know, and she's like, Well, what you know, what just me and you or whatever. And then he like kind of you look to the side, and there's just these other rebels that are there. And they just looks like some some hard motherfuckers, like some some cold yeah. opera, some some modern warfare like operators. <laughs> like they look hot. It's like it's like yes. the, yeah, the different characters you get to select in like a modern warfare game or something. Yeah, it I think really I agree cool. with that. They are yeah, very it. very tough looking people. Yeah, and yeah. There's one dude, man. He just looks like stone cold. I love him. It's like the guy, like he's got like a beard. And he's got a band a bandolier of like shells across his chest. Yeah, like yeah, I want that guy. Yeah, we, let's go do it. He's like, you know, he's like, we've all done bad shit. Or he's like, we're assassin saboteurs and whatever. You know, we're we're all, we've all yeah. done things. Now we can we, help you out. Yeah, we've all done things. We, you know, we, we want to do something, you know, we can be proud of or something like that. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. It's really good. And then, it also makes sense completely, so. Yeah, well, yeah that's they've, exactly They've done the grunt work of the rebellion, and they're not just senators with, you know, rich, fancy clothes walking around. They do <laughs> work. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Right. You can see that these these people who've been putting their lives and their morals on the on the line don't want to just cut and run the way these like wealthy like you know senators and stuff want to cut and run. Yeah, yeah. They want to they want to fight. And uh, also like you know later when they jump off when they go into battle like one of them yells for Jenna. Right. Yeah. That was like so like you can see that side of it also. It's yeah. It's like. It's like somebody being like for Alderaan or something, you know, it's the same kind of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They sh- oh, man. They should have had that. Battle of Hoth. Battle it's of weird. Hoth. It's weird. So they never mentioned like... Alderaan again in the original trilogy. You know? Yeah. But there would be people like that. There would be. There'd be so many people. There's like a planet with billions of people on it. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Seriously. Battle of Hoth. They should have had like somebody run into a hail of stormtrooper fire, like shouting for Alderaan. It's so cool. And everything with Scarif is awesome. Like the fact that they stole this vehicle earlier. So that's how they're able to. Yeah, the Imperial shuttle. Yeah. 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 And we never I mean, had a just... thing before like this where you have a giant planet that's covered by an energy shield that you can see. Right. You can see the shield and you can see how like it, there's one opening where they can go inside. Yeah. It's it's like a it's like a, a little bit maybe lower. It's either lower or higher tech than the indoor moon shield. I was thinking about it because I was like, on the one hand, the indoor moon shield, you know, doesn't have this flaw that this one has, this like huge gaping flaw. But on the other hand, to get on on and off of indoor, you've got to like turn the entire planet shield off. So, you know, it's, it's a pro and con thing. Yeah, yeah I, I like it. It's a cool idea. I'm As a writer, I'm trying to figure this out. And I assume like the indoor shield was temporary 
like that was a very powerful but temporary workman uh worker oh, yeah. this this is like a this is like a, an emplacement and maybe the empire doesn't yes. have very many of these like so maybe this is like a very expensive system but like whenever you have a key planet you might have this if there's not too much traffic going in or out of there oh yeah exactly and this is not something to have a lot of traffic it's a yeah a planet where they store data tapes <laughs> right <laughs> it's apparently an entire planet for yeah an archive it's yeah, an archive that fits in one room. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and I guess the rest of the planets, maybe it's it's all like ocean. It's like an ocean planet. So but they, like, they're like, well, with this like one island on this ocean. We'll yeah, build. maybe it's like in the optimum subspace range or something, you know, maybe it's like, it's just very strategic. But Or, or maybe, maybe there's all sorts of stuff on this planet. And yeah. this is just one facility on one island of this right. planet. Yeah, okay. that's probably better than us. We're we're being we're we're being a little too George Lucas and making every planet a one right. thing. Yeah, <laughs> it it could be like they keep yeah, like prototypes there. Or they build, they mine mm-hmm. something important, or like they store something else important there. But yeah, yeah. Hey, like personal records does the same thing. So yeah, because yeah, they've got a fairly large garrison. They've got like several ATATs. I mean, they're, they're right. gonna, they've got to have probably a few thousand troops. They've got a whole like you know a, a pretty good host of. These really cool-looking uh, Tie Fighters. Yeah, yeah. The Scarif is, uh, of course. I think. Are we all in agreement? This is the our favorite part of the movie, the final battle of Scarif. I don't it's know. So good. I remember it's when so this good. movie was coming it out, is, yeah. calling it like Saving Private Ryan, Star Wars. Right. That's like, a fair I, way to put it. I I remember not liking Scarif as much, but when I rewatched it last night while stoned, I thought <laughs> it was fucking amazing, and I was. Working and I was working back to get to it again today. That didn't happen. I just yeah. didn't get there. But I, I really enjoyed it so much, and like I really appreciated what they did with it. It's it's great. I'll say it's it's filmed in the Maldives, which is uh, a tropical nation. I think it's near India, but it is a very unique Star Wars landscape because they don't really do tropical beaches. Every planet is like mountainous or desert or yeah. I will say know. the only time they've ever done a beach is in the Battle of Kashyyyk in Episode Three. That's right. That's that was very a, great. That, but it's very gray, dark. It's like a it's like a British beach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, tropical. This is the I was gonna say the only other time we've seen a tropical location like this is Andor. Right. Yeah. He gets arrested. He gets arrested by the, uh, the the beach cops. I liked how like the fact that when they go get you know like the way they do this when they go to that planet Scarif they're not they're they're you know disobeying orders or just taking people that right. volunteer and then when right. they start to battle the rebels then send their whole fleet to help them out. Which again saves their life. But well, I don't I think, like and, and I don't think it's actually the whole fleet. I think it's the people that agreed to send the because some of the leaders had already left and they probably took their ships with them. Oh, good yeah. point. I, I I looked at it as it's like what they've got at Yavin Four, basically. Okay, was still not there. Fair way to put it because it's you know if you look at it, it's not as many ships as they. Well, I don't know because it. I was gonna say at Battle of Endor, they've got a lot more ships, but Battle of Endor is also like eight years after the or seven years after this, so. Yeah, they would have gotten more five years, five years after. Yeah, like five years. I feel like the bulk of their fleets there because we don't see any, you know, fleet in Yavin Four is undefended in. That's true. In A New Hope, so if it's not elsewhere, Battle of Hoth, they they have mostly just transport ships. Yeah. So yeah, it is it is probably most of their fleet. Yeah. At least their capital ships, their attack ships, their heavy cruisers and stuff that could go against a star destroyer. Yeah, they also send in a medical frigate, which feels like a mistake. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i never got that back i never uh understood that it makes sense for like it doesn't make sense for a, a space ship yeah, but they do that in the battle of indoor also there's a, yeah. there's like three medical frigates in the battle of indoor so i mean i guess because they i mean 
you know, this wasn't considered a suicide mission. Like they even say at one point, like, hey, Bodie, you'll stay with the ship. You're our way out of it. Like, right. Yeah. You know, so they that. weren't planning on dying. Yeah. Until Vader and the Death Star showed up. Uh, yeah. They still figured they could get away. Yeah. That would work out so well. But there's two things that I, I want to mention that we have, or one thing we haven't talked about yet before before the Battle Scarif is you have a small scene where with the Admiral meeting Darth Vader at his castle. Right. And I'm a big fan of this scene. I yeah, really like this. This is one where it was, I, I thought it was good, but it was also, it, it's one that I read was added last minute. I can see that. It was shot yeah. at last minute. You could tell that it's, it's, it's obviously they can't shoot that on location because it's in a volcano. So, but it's like, it's the <laughs> most clearly we're on a soundstage and a green screen. And yeah, it is. And, and it also, it's pointless. It's just there to show us critic, you know, being a dipshit. And really what it's there for is to give us a Vader cameo. Yeah. Right. But you get the great deal. line of don't choke on your own ambitions. Yeah. Yes. Uh, aspirations. That. He said, yeah, because I thought uh, he yes, said ambitions. Yeah, yeah. Don't choke on your aspirations or be careful. Yeah. Not to I, choke on your aspirations. I thought when that I was saw good. The theater, yes. I was there. I saw the theater. I groaned. I will say that. I was like, ugh. I thought, you know, it was funny. And I think it was intended to be funny because Vader is a drama queen. Yeah, also Vader making his, <laughs> I, I know that that's like from the comic books, but Vader making his castle on like a volcano is dumb. Like he, yeah. he, would, he would hate fire. <laughs> he wouldn't want to be You would around. think so. Huh? I mean, that's I a think logical explanation, yes. It's it's a very cool scene because you get to see Vader coming out of there. We see like the acolyte or whoever his attendant is who, you know, I don't I know if we've ever seen anybody like that who like helps He's some sort of. We've never person. seen anyone serve Vader except for Imperial no. officers. Yeah, that's right. True. So who is this person? It was very evocative. Like, who? What is his job? Like, who is housekeeper. His name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like. Are in, you ready for in, dinner, Mister Skywalker? Yeah. yeah. And one of the Star Wars novels that I don't like very much, the the Black Fleet Crisis trilogy. Oh, yeah. Vader has a castle on Coruscant that Luke like pulls up out of the ocean because it like it collapsed, and I, I like that idea. Of him, of him having kind of like a beach home on Coruscant. <laughs> he would probably have several houses, I guess. Yeah, I guess he would. He would. To be fair. Yeah, to be fair, he would. I, but I am, in a, even though I, I do like the scene, I do agree it's pointless because we don't need, we already know Krennic is, you know, trying to please the emperor because he talked, he told that to Tarkin. He was like, you'll tell the emperor that, you know, he said yeah, something. He's, just, he's yeah. trying to go over Tarkin's head is what he's doing here. Yeah. And it'll work out so well for him. I, I yeah. see why you like it, Mike, but I just don't. I think it's yeah, just I, I also like it because I remember reading it in book or like probably a magazine or somewhere talking about how he had this fire castle. And this is the first time you get to see it in live action. Yeah, that's true. That's why I appreciate it. But no, I, I from like the movie standpoint, it it shouldn't be here because it takes away from the flow of the movie. Right. Yeah. And, and it was one of those things of like um, we didn't need Vader in in this part of the movie. No, <laughs> but we didn't need Vader in this movie. And that is incorrect. We'll get to that. I don't. I want to hold that for when we get to okay. it. Well, but, but yes, this was it was unnecessary, but it was cool. I like him, you know, uh, choking him and then being like, you know, don't choke on your aspirations. Uh, be careful not choking on your aspirations. I like that. I laughed my ass off last night That's, when I watched this. It's pretty funny. I mean, I was I like, a little bit like stoned, but I like seeing Krennic just get, you know, just dominated over and over again in this movie. Like he just gets, he just just gets big timed by you know, by him and Tarkin, like. It's great. it's great we have a main villain who's like essentially just weak and yeah. impotent and like everything he does is like he's a dipshit i love it i love a yeah. dipshit main villain <laughs> exactly finally star wars uh has dipshit representation 
<laughs> oh, but every everything in the Battle of Scarif, like how they're just you see the troops just like running around the beach and setting off bombs it's and everything. So good. You can see like when they the explosions are going off and they're actually blowing up palm trees. You can see right like it just it's so real. And I watched like a little behind the scenes where they're doing it, and there is CG is CG assisted for sure. But they're right. setting off real explosions, and and they're on an actual beach. Yeah. They're on an actual beach, setting off explosives like a real movie. <laughs> and it it looks so good. And apparently, so, one of the care I think it's one of the uh, rebel or Saw Guerrero's people is God. All of a sudden, his name blanked. The guy that plays Wicked. Oh Ooh. yeah, yeah. He's a, yes. Yeah, he's in this too. Yes, he was in, and we saw him in Solo. So Warwick Davis. Yes. Also, yeah, I Davis. couldn't remember his name. I, so can we assume that this is his, the character from Solo also? Probably. No, because he's in costume in this one. Oh, gone. no, no, you're right, right. Is he's he one of the aliens? Is he one yeah, of, he's one of the aliens. He's a little alien with like a big the gun that's like really big for him. <laughs> yeah, like, that was ah, like a machine gun. I loved it. Yeah, that's I like that because there aren't a lot of aliens in this movie. But when there are, you know, they just kind of we don't need to know their stories. They're just like there to be some guy who shoots a big gun. It's like, well, and that's that's a criticism I have of Star Wars of the original trilogy. But really, of all of Star Wars, we got lots of kooky aliens, but they're just there to be kooky aliens in the background. We don't yeah. almost ever have a alien, you know, member of the rebellion. Or uh, we know why we don't have the Empire because they're racist. But you know, <laughs> but we don't have like like I'm trying to think. It's like this and Solo. Do you ever see aliens doing anything other than being background characters? Except for um, you know, if it's like an entire race, like you know, uh, you know, there's there's Chewbacca, but other than Chewbacca. Yoda, I guess, isn't it? And Yoda. You got Chewbacca, you got Yoda, you got the the Ewoks. But otherwise, aliens are always there as, like, set dressing. Yeah, that's true. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. That's, that's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nub Nub Erasure. Sorry. (laughs) Nia Nub Erasure. He's the co-pilot of the Millennium Falcon. Right, yeah. Yeah, helps save the galaxy. I guess we got to keep him in mind. And we could, lest we forget Jar Jar Binks as well. Yes, I was about to say in Jar Jar, of course. There are it but... was in this movie, by the way. I sent you all the screenshot. The, the is that real, though? I, I think it is. I, I couldn't tell. I have to look up that's real. a real Easter egg. <laughs> it's. A, I think it's a real Easter egg. It's that, insane. It very, very well be. Yeah. Oh, also, there to speak a couple of Easter eggs. There's a reference to uh, General Sindala in this, which is Hera from the Rebel show. Okay. And then there's oh. also the ghost is their ship and the rebels is in this movie apparently in in, yes. in a very small scene. When they're when the rebel fleet shows up, yeah, yes, yeah, I, I read about that, which is cool. They they do also uh, put in gold leader and red leader from the first movie are you know digitally inserted into their ships as well, which is really awesome that they did that. Yeah, they took the footage. I was surprised when I saw it, but when in my first saw in theater, but I was like, wow, they really did that, which you know is fine too. If you don't do it too gratuitously, if you do it very briefly, I think is also also can work too. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So it's a nice, you know, they have, they're like, they, instead of recasting them, it's interesting what they chose to recast, but maybe I feel like they wanted to test out, you know, the digital, digital actor technology. And I feel like they did that with Target, Leia, and then, you know, Red Leader or whatever. So they were like, we're not going to recast every role. Yeah. I mean, I'm but, okay um, with it in this movie yeah. because it's so close to A New Hope that, right. like, fine. But, like, when it comes to, like, Luke Skywalker and anything, like, Mandalorian stuff, just recast them at this point. Like, my God, get over it. It's interesting to see where Hollywood would go. As somebody who's even writing, a, my next book is going to have a lot to do with deepfakes and AI technology and stuff like that. 
as, as someone who was writing about that, it's interesting to see where Hollywood goes with that, with like bringing back actors who are dead or like, you know, especially now with people are threatening to strike every day. As of this recording, the actors are threatening to strike too. So, yeah, that's an aside, but yeah, no, I saw that too. So, no, no, I see what you're saying though. But yeah, the Battle of Scarif, I really like, uh, it's just so well done. And like having the, the stuff with the, with the director Krennic, like all the stuff going on with him and how he's like, events up you know he ends up following them you know as they go through this mission as they're trying to steal the data he figures out what's going on kind of and then like the whole like where they're climbing the tower and you have that little shootout with him i thought that was really cool it's so great or he's like where you see the explosions he says are you blind alert the garrison yeah because they're all just watching with him and i was thinking about it's like well you know they're probably waiting for you to give the order right you're the commanding officer on this on this uh, in this room. He takes out his frustrations on everyone else, even though he's you know he's a dipshit. Everyone else is, but according to him, he's surrounded by idiots too. So yeah, well, that's part of him being a dipshit, right? Right, exactly. But yeah, it's great when they chase him. You know, K two SO holding out outside the vault. I think he's the first one to go. Am I correct? Yeah, yes. He he's the first great. one, the gang yes. to die. He's the first member of the of, of the main cast to die. Yeah. Yeah, and they all just die like one after another. You have yeah. Donnie Yen who hits the switch that they need to hit so they can, you yeah. know, broadcast and and then dies. And then you have his friend who sees him get killed and he runs and kills people and then he dies. Yeah. The pilot gets the pilot. I think he gets blown up. Right? He tells him to yeah. Uh, right after he says yes. you have to blow up the shield. To get yeah, the he's friend. in the he's in the shuttle and they throw the grenade into the shuttle and, and yeah. he looks at the grenade and then we see the the shuttle explode. So. Yeah. yeah, it picks off our characters one by one that when K2SO died, my son was like, no. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I'm, the one yeah. the kids are going to be most concerned about. Yeah, but uh, me too. I mean, that's the that's the that one and um, Chirrut are kind of the saddest ones for me. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 And you think Andor is dead when he gets shot and falls in the tower yeah. room. And then oh, yeah, I like that they have to, like, you know, grab the files and then like she hooks it to her belt and. As yeah. you climb it up, like I really like that. Like there's a there's a part when she goes through a vent where I thought maybe it was gonna cut or something because it just seemed like that's what should happen. Oh, the vent is opening and closing for something. I like that vent, by the way. It's a cool little thing. You know, you wonder what it's for, but it you know it's just yeah. I was like, what what is that for? Like, why is it opening and closing over? <laughs> it could over be malfunctioning, like I guess. Yeah, I guess that's what I figured. Is it malfunctioning? They should have had some sparks coming off or something. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Otherwise, clear. it just seems weird to have a slicey thing in the middle of your turbo shaft or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, this is Star Wars. It is Star Wars, yeah. Yeah. But a great, it's great physical props, you know. They're like, it's 1970s technology. They have data tapes, you know. Yes. Even though the made in 2016. The, the, like, I don't even know what you would call it, like the claw machine to pick. To, to, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it is a little silly. That's that a real is... That's a real thing as far as I know, where they, they used to have old computer banks that look like that and it would have a machine that would grab the tape oh really like if you ever see the movie that... if you ever see the movie clear and present danger they have they show that in the movie but that's, that's just that's it's that's definitely cool. antiquated technology yeah but it works for star wars the star wars is right. kind of a mixture of that at times exactly oh I no alien is, but it's still a mixture of it at times i i did love it and they do they even do the sideburns hairstyle for a lot of people so yes she climbs the tower compared to the director who takes the elevator. Like I thought that was yeah, funny too. Yeah, he, well, he has to leave the room and take the elevator because he's not going to like follow her. Yeah, it's <laughs> like leave the room and go outside and and go to the elevator. And yeah, I get it. But I like how she has enough time to get up there, press some buttons, get the satellite lined up right, and then he pull he shows up and pulls the gun on her. I still like it though. I I right. like that whole scene with her on the roof. Yeah, 
And again, that's another thing where it's like, it's very impractical to have your antenna controller at the very edge of your, (laughs) the very edge of your structure. (laughs) But it's very Star Wars. That's what they do in Star Wars. Yeah. It's like the tractor beam computer being above the tractor beam shaft. Anyway. It's stupid, but (laughs) Star Wars is known for unsuffling OSHA. Yeah. It's like the throne room we got where our, where our, our president, our god of this empire is going to be, and hey, what's that there? Ah, oh, don't worry about that shaft there. Oh, that's oblivion. We, we're we still working on it. We'll put some tape up or something. Right. They should have had a sign that says caution. <laughs> don't yeah, but, but, you know, on the other hand, you know, he knows he's just a clone, right? So it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when we get, a mu- we get a music video where I think I'm a clone now, just from Palpatine, just looking at each other. Why does there always seem to be two of me? Okay. <laughs> yeah, this... No other I like one other thing I want to point out. I like I forget what it's called. The ATAT that's not quite. It has like a big hole in the middle or whatever. Well, it it's has like, the doors open because the ATAT is a yeah. is a as uh, a troop transport. It's right. got the doors open. We've never seen one with its doors open before. Right, and it's I love so, it. Yeah, and you you see them like get blown up from the air too, which has, didn't happen in the original trilogy. Well, they didn't have like, X-wings though in the original trilogy well, no, when they, they fight. Well, I mean, yeah, they, they were they were on snow speeders that don't they yeah. don't have like heavy armaments on them, so that's why. Yeah, that's why. They, yeah, I bought I mean, it. Rogue X-wings Squadron, like a, Peter, we had X wings and we couldn't blow them up. I don't think, right? Well, Rogue Squadron, it's a that's true. We talked about that in the episode. I know. <laughs> it was a while ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was great to see the new equipment and the beach troopers. You know, because them. every planet has a environment appropriate uh, stormtrooper, which is which we got is our great. beach troopers. Love it. Yeah, I love the beach. I troopers. love different troopers. I, like it's interesting. Like there's a they're they're mixed in. It's like beach troopers and regular troopers kind of mixed together too. Yeah, you. I mean, maybe you know they're just filing out at the same time. You know, or they've got their yeah. own division or something. It's cool. Yeah. I'm also like, big fan of the, the Death Troopers too in this. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the Death Troopers are so cool. Not to be confused with the Dark Troopers from the Mandalorian, right. which are different. They're robots. They're robots, right? These are Death Troopers. <laughs> and just yeah, the way that the they Death Troopers. they transmit the plans right before the Death Star lines up to then shoot Scarif and blow it up. Yeah, and I, my son and I both like noted. By the way, I think just to give us the cool shot of Cassian and Jen dying on the beach, uh, yeah. the the Death Star doesn't shoot the base. It shoots right. to the side of the base, though the beam goes straight through the tower. The crank is in. <laughs> that's it's like I like Tarkin's little smirk before he fired, because some part of me is like he knew that Krennic was right there. He's like, make sure the supervisor destroys him first. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wonder. I, I, I almost <laughs> think that is exactly what happened, because we saw when they were targeting Jeddah um, City in, in the earlier scene that they actually like zoom in with a camera on the scene. Yeah. So I like that idea. That he's like, ooh, 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 shoot him on the tower, shoot the tower. <laughs> it is so cool i mean it used to bother me i think when i saw this movie last time it made me feel sad because everybody dies in that last scene of, oh yeah of cassian and Jin where they hold each other then the the shockwave just envelops them yeah it's still sad but didn't i i enjoyed it in this in this because this movie has to be looked at very much as like you know the first half of a new hope at this point yeah and and, and remember remember what dante says Life, that's what life is, a series of down endings. <laughs> so I'm, it doesn't, I'm okay with it because of the way that this movie goes. And this, and this oh, final I'm scene. I'm more than okay with it. I love it. Yeah. Same. This final scene is incredible. Like with the Vader hallway scene. Oh my God. That Vader hallway scene. I rewound and watched it like three times. I, I so have good. to every time. Yeah. Uh, so good. I wanted to go back in the theater and watch the whole movie again, just so I could see that scene. 
Yeah. When I saw it in the, uh, it was like the first thing like I look up on YouTube after seeing the movie in the theater is to see if anyone's got that scene up somewhere. <laughs> like, which of course not, not yet, not then. But it's God, so, the way that he just so tears cool. through that hallway, and then the guys are like, "Here, get." And the guys are trying to open the door and finally like, here, just take the damn thing. Like, we're right. done. I, yeah. I love it because it's it's like a slasher movie. It's yeah. like Jason, you know, Mathot just walking slowly, implacably down the hallway and nothing they do has any effect. And he just is taking his time with it. He's like, I'm, I'm going I'm to stab this dude and I'm going to grab this guy with the force and slam him in the ceiling and throw him on the floor. We'll take this yeah. guy and pick him up. I'm going to, look, going to grab this guy and, and use him as a human shield and then throw him into his friends. And I'm going to, I'm going to put out my hand and let him shoot me in the hand and then shoot their blaster bolt back at him with it. He does, and then I'm going to take all, now I'm going to take the blasters away. And then he just starts just, Oh, it's so good. And he just stabs right. the guy through the door. And like, you think oh. about it, he's running through that entire capital ship, just murdering people trying to get to them. Yeah. He yeah. just wants the tape. Nothing. You know, they're just like ants to him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he's not running. That's the thing. He's yeah. just, I mean, it, it is very much, it's Michael Myers, it's Jason, it's it's right. that just slow, methodical, just like implacable death, just walking towards you. Nothing you can do. It's it's, it's a follows. It's it's a whole thing. I love it. It's so good. And then when you finally, like, they keep they keep giving it to person to person until it finally gets to Leia. Yeah. They get so cool. the guy, and the guy gets Leia. And so I, I asked my wife and son, I was like, how does this look? Does, it, does Leia look bad? And they both thought it looked great. I mean, I, I thought she looked a little too pale. But again, if I didn't know if this was if it, if if I would if I had never seen or heard of Star Wars, I would have had no idea that this was a CGI thing. I would have thought that she was lit weird if someone asked me. Yeah, it w- I wouldn't even notice that if I didn't know to look for it. I, I think people just like to to be able to to catch things and be like, ooh, see that looks dumb, that looks bad. It, no, it, it doesn't look bad. I mean, we know, so it's different you know. for us, but. Yeah. It isn't bad. I mean, I could have done it if you didn't see her face. Like, I think that could have worked, too, because you know who Same. it is. And that's right. what I thought when I saw it in the theater. I was like, it would have been better if they had just shown her from behind. Yeah. Or shown part of her face or something. Yeah. Or, you know. But but it, but it was fine. Yeah. It, was fine. it. I was surprised because I thought I remembered it being bad. But when I saw it, you know, on my Blu-ray, I was like, yeah, this looks this looks fine. You know, I yeah. have no problems with this as far as she, digital. She and Tarkin both look completely fine to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I did. She is pale. She is too pale. Right. And I and I immediately started a new hope as soon as we well we got to credits. I rewound and watched the Vader scene again. And then right. <laughs> when I got to credits again because I rewatched it from the Vader scene. When I got to credits again, I just immediately exited out and went to a new hope, which conveniently is right next to Rogue One because Disney Plus has the movies that have like a chronological like timeline order. So then I went to a new hope and just and I skipped the opening crawl. Because I want to go to right to when they're on the Tantive Five, and you see Princess Leia, and she's got rosier cheeks in A New Hope. Her skin yeah. is she's more tan in A New Hope than she is in Rogue One. So I'm not sure why they why that is the way it is. I'm not sure why yeah. she doesn't. I know that um, watching a uh, watching a corridor crew break down both of these, um, they said that the the big giveaway for people that can see the stuff is that they didn't have the technology for the subsurface uh, scattering, which is like, you know, if like, if you, if you like hold your finger over a flashlight and you can see the light through your finger. So that's always happening when you're watching people, you just don't think about it. And they, at the time they made these, they didn't have the technology to do the subs, the subsurface scattering the light. So their skin looks a little rubbery. And I bet that's why she looks pale. 
is because she's lit by a blue light anyway. And it probably makes her look pale because it's lighting a kind of a plastic model almost. That's I never heard that term before, but that's good. Yeah, subsurface scattering is the idea that the light does penetrate. When you're being lit by something, it does penetrate your skin a little bit. Yeah. And the human eye can discern it even though you don't think about it. Right, so yeah. It's, it's one of the reasons that CGI skin looks off. But now, new nowadays, like if they made this movie in 2023, I think only the most extremely discerning of people will be able to tell the difference because they've got that, that technology for it. So it's, you yeah, know, yeah, I, yeah, go I'm sorry, go ahead. It's good to know, as someone who's writing, who's trying to write fiction, as I said, writing write fiction where this is a plot point where the ability to discern real from fake is a key issue. It'd be good to know that. And like I said, I'm interested to see where Hollywood goes with, with that because I don't think it's being used too often. It's mainly used to, right now, it's being used to de-age people. Yeah, that's a uh, big thing. But they're doing more, they're, they've moved on to the deep faking now more, and that's completely yeah. different. Yeah, so, it is different. Like, recreating somebody from wholly from scratch, which wasn't even, I guess, wasn't even done here, but... But it kind of is, yeah. I mean, they basically took footage and, yeah. and turned it into a 3D model. They like, right. extrapolated footage of her into a 3D model. I also was interested because she says, hope, you know, right. she, they ask her what, you know, um, what is this? And she goes, hope, right? right. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, we have audio of Princess Leia saying hope. It's one of the most famous words that actress has ever said, right? It's like, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Right. And I assume that they, they took that word hope. Though, yeah. I mean, Carrie Fisher was around. They could, I, I mean, maybe, maybe she voiced it. She, she may have come in to record one line. I read that they used audio recording. They used archive footage from... I guess her voice would be older now. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, her voice got scratchy with age. That's true. So... Yeah. She... I mean, it was a lot of drugs as well. As yeah. 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 R.I.P. She died the year after this. No, she died this... No, it was no. 2016. Oh, no, she yeah. died in 2016. That's why... No. When we get to Rise of Skywalker, that's why it's... Be so sad because all that stuff is repurposed. Yeah. As she died a long time before even The Last Jedi, so... Yeah, which is why I thought they should have let her die in The Last Jedi, but we'll get there. Yeah, another yeah, thing. I so. It's not the only reason why, but it's why it would have been completely fine. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I thought it looked good. I thought it was a good... It was good, and again, I think it maybe would have been a little better to just have the guy walk into the bridge and you see... And he says, Your Highness, we've got the tape or whatever. And then and she you, still could say hope or whatever, but it just... Yeah. Yeah. It didn't need yeah. to be oh, as yeah, definitely. Yeah. It didn't need to be as stunty as it is, but it, but it definitely it still could be. I think it looked fine, yeah. yeah. It's still fine. It was cool. And then it, it, it I really do. This is like um I think the third time in a row that I've watched this and this immediately felt the need to turn on a right. new hope and watch a new hope next. <laughs> it, it flows yeah. perfectly. It flows so perfectly because it's like I love the idea that this movie ends minutes or hours before a new hope begins, probably. Right. Yeah. I mean, we don't really know how long they were being chased. But the story that. doesn't the story, you know, is a, it's it's kind of funny because I was thinking about like consistency, you know, because when Lucas made the prequels, he just was like, yeah, who gives a shit about consistency? Yeah. Yeah. Darth Vader fucking built our, our C-3PO. Who, sh- who, who cares? I'm I'm the god of this. I'll do whatever I want. But with this, it felt like they did. Try, you know, they try to be more consistent with the Disney stuff, I think a little bit. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. But anyway, um, it- they tried Vader's, to bridge. Oh, no, you continue. You continue. Oh, well, no, no. You, I was just OK. Well, I was just going to say that when Vader captures the Tana five, the captain who he chokes out um, and kills, who, by the way, is wearing the exact same outfit and looks the same as the guy that hands her the data tape at the end of Rogue One. So I think that's supposed to be the same guy, I probably. So. Yeah. But he says we're we're a diplomat. We're a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. Right. 
And Leia says the same thing. She's like, you know, we're on a diplomatic, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an Imperial Senator. I'm on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. And Vader's like, no, you're remember the Rebel Alliance and a spy. Take her away, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, if they had just come from Scarif like this, being chased by Vader's Star Destroyer, like, they, there's no way, like, that, yeah. like, like, that's just too big of a lie. Like, they would have been like, no, no, we, you know, we were we were on that ship and it got rerouted to Scarif. We had no idea what they were going to do. We're not part of some alliance. We were just, yeah. you know, being transported to Alderaan and then the ship we were on, like, detoured. Like, we don't know what, you know? Right. So, but, you know, that's fine. It that's is- not that big of an inconsistency to me. I know. I thought about that, too, for sure. I was like, well, obviously, A New Hope was made with not with this story in mind. I think the original canon, the Death Star plan has been sold by Death Star plans have been stolen by so many people throughout history. But I think the Kyle Katar. Yeah, the Kyle, (laughs) the plan, the old story was that, you know, somebody stole the plans, then beamed it to the Tantive Four, which is going about its business or was like there to intercept it. Yeah. And so the Empire found out and captured the Tantivore. The Tantivore was like, I don't know what's going on. We're just on a diplomatic mission. It's definitely not as exciting a battle as right. depicted here. So it was fine they changed it. But it doesn't, like you said, if they just fled from Scarif, it doesn't make sense to be claiming that, oh, no, we're, what are you talking about? We don't know anything about that big battle. <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. Right. It's fine. It, it is, uh, of all the inconsistencies in Star Wars, that one's not that big a deal. Right. I can also see it as maybe they didn't know, you know, they were trying to act like it's not the same ship. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like yeah. they had a plate for him to copy down. Yeah, if we, if we assume that maybe oh, they, they've been being chased for a while. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm willing to forgive it. I, I think it's yeah. not something I would be too concerned about, I guess. Exactly. But I do, it's a, it's it, a forgivable it, inconsistency. Right, exactly. Yeah. Any last things to say about this movie? I like that uh, we didn't talk about, but uh, Jen Erso is like badass. Like, what is that Indonesian fighting style with the the? Or it's not Indonesian; it's a Philippine fighting style with the the Kali sticks. You I know? don't know the name of it. I know what you're talking is, about, but, but I I don't know your. But it's, it's like it's you awesome. know where they got the two sticks. Is she so? Is so cool. And then she. Um, but then when she she uh, when they go to Scarif and they they her like she's wearing like a. They capture someone wearing basically an outfit that includes those weapons. And then they see some other troopers with them also, which then to me, I was just like, so that's like a thing that like the Empire has these soldiers that are trained like this. They're like, you know, special forces guys. And she was trained in the same martial artism. That's cool. I can I can make it work. Yeah, but uh, I like it. I was going to say two more things that I really like Krennic's white uniform. I think that's oh, a, yes, it's a very nice contrast to everyone else who always wears gray or black. But- or black, yeah, yeah. This and this established then for, uh, I guess, in Andor, right? The ISB people, were yeah, like, yeah. And I think he's, you know, supposed to be some other. He's like an engineer division or something. But yeah, it does. It does lead to that distinctive style in Andor. Yes, and, which I, and I love that in Andor. Yeah, that, that character. Um, what's her name? The villain in Andor is so so good. Right. Is it Sartha? Is that her name? Can't remember her name either. I love the show, but I forget a lot of their names, so <laughs> I'll have to look back on it. I'll listen to our episode. <laughs> yes, that's true. Oh, yeah, no, Sar- Sartha was the, uh, Momoth was cousin, never mind. Oh, Miro, Miro. Okay, yeah. Yeah, director Miro. Yeah, I loved her, and she wears that white uniform. Hers is a little different because she's not as high rank as him. She yeah. she only gets one ballpoint pin, not two. <laughs> she doesn't get the cape either, like he has. Yeah, or the cape, right. That is a Star Wars thing, by the way, those, like, the, yeah. the pins... I was like, wonder what's that supposed to be? What are, what are those supposed to be? Are those, the pips? Yeah, or, or no, no, the um, 
they're like they look like a stylus or something that they've got tucked they oh. look like a ballpoint pen they've got like tucked in but it like holds like it's it's a I don't know what it's supposed to be, but Tarkin has them. And, like a and, USB stick or something? Is that what it's supposed to be? I don't know. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like the size of like a, a like a, a, a Sharpie, you know? Yeah, like I, know, I know exactly what you mean, but... I, it's, I've always loved that. I've loved that. And then, yeah, their, their rank insignia, their pips, which look like a pack of sucrets. <laughs> the, they look exactly like sucrets when I was a kid, to the point that I thought, I was like, I'm sure... That they just like, and when they made a new hope, they just like glued some secrets onto Tarkin's uniform, there, <laughs> onto the people's uniforms. Because it looks exactly like them. I can see that. I can see why you think they're, it's their cough drops. It's <laughs> cough drops. <laughs> they don't look. By the way, I was looking right now in Rogue One. They don't. Rogue One. They look like very much like they've been like three D printed in a resin printer. They look really nice, but in a New Hope, they really just do look like some secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, different time. It wasn't going to show up. I mean, on the movie screen, you weren't going to see that on a on a screen. No yeah. one's going to be looking at this movie thirty years later with, yeah, a, no, with yeah, a magnifying glass, right, no. unless they replay it in the theater. You know, unless there's a revival, right? <laughs> was Was there even home video in '77? No, no, not until the no. '80s. Yeah. So yeah, no, no one didn't expect that. Like, because I always see that meme that goes around, or maybe not meme, but the the post about the the woman who saw the movie like you know five times and then made a suit for Halloween, the rebel outfit. Yeah, where she kept going to like study it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Cool. She made the the rebel pilot uniform for like one of the first like fan conventions. Back when there wasn't no internet to look up things to see. I know. Or even video. even home video, you couldn't even like take the VHS and pause it or something. Yeah. You have to that. sit there and just draw it and just create it. All right, let's go on to our our last segment, shelf stacker box, and I'll go first. I'm actually gonna put this on the shelf. I had a really good time watching it last night. I enjoyed rewatching majority of it today. I mean, it's just a really good film. And I really appreciate it way more than I ever did before. And this conversation made me appreciate it even more. So it's going to the shelf, and I'm, I'm glad we finally re- re- I rewatched it. And what about you, Peter? For me, it's definitely going on the shelf as well. It may be the best Star Wars movie since the original trilogy. It's certainly one of the best looking, one of the most exciting. It has great themes and a great cast. And I, other than a couple... You know, small flaws don't have much bad to say about it. I think it's a really holds up really well, and I would watch it again short soon. So, yeah. Okay. And what about you, Carrie? Oh, yeah. Shelf, of course. I mean, like I said, I think this is my fourth favorite Star Wars, and it's probably the you know second or third best Star Wars. Probably third best Star Wars, though. Yeah, it's a it's amazing. I, I'll probably watch it again, you know, before the end of the summer, even. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got me want to watch New Hope now. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. What, my, fam- my, my wife and son and I, we watch we watch a. Uh, it's probably not the the the, the most way, but we we watch every night. We have dinner together every night. We watch something together every night when we have dinner. Usually, it's like a thirty minute TV episode or something, mm-hmm. or or whatever. And uh, we're right now like I just started a new so a new hope. We'll be watching a new hope. We'll probably watch the whole trilogy. Nice. All right. And if you our next Star Wars thing, you'll hear us will either be The Force Awakens in November of twenty twenty three or Ahsoka in twenty twenty three. I don't know yet. One of those you'll hear first. So I'm looking forward to both. We're going to come back. Forward to both. I, I am too. I am. I am excited for Ahsoka, and I'm excited to rewatch the sequel trilogy because I'm really curious where it's going to go for me. Yeah, I'm not excited for that, but I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for. I love Force Awakens. The two times I've seen it. Oh no, Force Awakens is great. I, 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 I I've seen Force Awakens several times. I think it's actually pretty good. I just don't know about Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Those are two I'm like, uh, especially Rise. I feel like Rise yeah. is going to be a much different take than it was for me before. So 
Last Jedi, I've I've watched a few times, and I I can enjoy big chunks of it. Rise of Skywalker, I haven't seen since the theater, and I we'll get there. We'll see. Soon we'll get there. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm I'm so yeah. yeah. So it's been such a fun going through all the Star Wars stuff this year. That's been yeah. and because yeah. of this, I am now making theme years. Each year, I'm going to try to pick a different thing that I want to tackle. That's great. So, yeah, I mean, no, I I I, I love I've been loving it, and I'm I'm looking forward to. Uh, trying to watch Rebels before Ahsoka premieres. Good luck with that one. Isn't, Rebels isn't bad. Yeah, well, no, I, I, found a, a, I found a quick viewing guide for Rebels, too. So. Okay, good. There's a lot of really good stuff in Rebels. That it, it's, it's funny, the quick viewing guide for Rebels skips most of the first season, but That's then fair. it skips almost nothing in the last, like, two seasons. Yeah, the last so. two seasons are great. First season yeah. is the rough one. Oh, Chopper is in this movie, too. The robot from Rebels. Oh, is he? I didn't see him. Yeah, he's him. in a very small, quick scene. You can see him for all, like a second, but he's in here. Neat. Oh, by the way, I, I, I looked on while we were watching. I, I put on the movie. Uh, I cannot find the Jar Jar scene in the movie that's on Disney+. Plus. So if that footage was real, it's from the deleted footage. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's real. It I looks was real. Going, like, Wait it a looks second. so real, but that scene that it's from, I couldn't find even. Yeah. So, so I don't think it. Again, the teaser trailer has scenes that definitely did not make in the movie, which makes me sad. But, yeah. I hate when movies do that, like Alien vs. Predator, looking at you. But, all right. And if you want to hear more Star Wars episodes, we have done all the movies so far that have came out before this point, and Solo. So you can find everything, go on right on Podbean, just type in Star Wars, see all our Star Wars con- con- content. We've done movies, comics, video games, all sorts of stuff. Uh, we do all sorts of other stuff in this podcast. You can search everything on Podbean. And Peter, where can people find you at? Well, for now, you can find me uh, at... On Twitter at Peter BP, as long as Twitter still functions, which is a I, I don't day know by day, that. it may change. But if you're looking to read my books, you can find The Fifth Civilization on Amazon. You can start the trilogy there. As of the day of this recording, Twitter just introduced a policy where if you're not a paid, you can only look at 600 tweets a day. <laughs> yes, I've noticed that this morning. I'm just like, do I even need to post anything in Twitter anymore? Like, is it just does it even matter? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I quit. I quit Twitter and Reddit and haven't looked back. Yeah. <laughs> and Carrie, where can people find you at? Hey, I'm Carusetta, K-E-R-O-O-S-E-T-A on Twitch and YouTube. I'm posting a lot more lately, trying to build the YouTube channel up a little bit. You can watch me modify and repair video game consoles and uh, and also uh, play video games. Play playing a lot of uh, Final Fantasy 16 and Diablo 4 on stream lately. So check it out. All right. And if you want to support the show, we do have a Patreon. Little's dying vote in our Patreon poll. You'll see a link in the show notes. Each month we have different polls. Also, we have Discord. Please join our Discord and chat with us. Let us know what you think of the show and how we can throw suggestions in there. If you want to support, also support the show, rate us wherever you listen to us. Spotify, iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. It helps a lot. Leave reviews. Subscribe to YouTube. It helps, too, even though I don't make video content. But we're on YouTube, so eh. audio, but it's there. People listen to it every so often or get upset when they think it's a movie. Like what happened with this one, because it's going long enough. People go, oh, this is the movie? No, no, it's not. <laughs> but people click it, so hey, it works. And I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hatchery. You can follow her on TikTok. And I want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who started his own podcast, The Gamer Looks at 40. Definitely go check him out also. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. And that's everything I need to say, so we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. See ya.